another episode of our inner voices podcast uh this is the podcast where we discuss like interesting ideas about society philosophy politics culture um and other you know other topics from other areas um you know we look at them critically just to try and you know come up with a different perspective and so on um this week is going to be a bit different uh mostly because i have a cold So I'm sure anybody who follows me on social media knows by now because I've been shouting about it the last few days. But yeah, um, I've not been feeling really well. So it wasn't easy for me to find a guest for this week. But yeah, I'm just... So today's episode is really just me going through some topics which have been bugging me for the last few weeks. Um, Some of them have happened really recently. Others have happened like, you know, a week or two ago, maybe three weeks. As usual, I am your host Noah Deoye, and I. So I, I decided today's topic. I, I decided today's episode was going to be titled "It's a Rant," uh, just because you know I'm not actually going to be screaming down the mic or you know cursing left, right, center, but I will be kind of complaining about some shit that's been happening, uh, really pissing me off. So today we have three things I'm talking about. Um, the first topic is going to be. We're just briefly going to touch on Robert Mugabe and uh, the fact that he's been kicked out of power in Zimbabwe, finally. Then we're going to talk about an issue which is fucked up, man. We're going to talk about an issue which I personally feel is one of the most messed up things I've heard in a very, like, in a couple years. Um, And there's a lot of messed up stuff that's been happening recently. And this is the slave trade reported in Libya. And I'm just going to give you some context into that situation. And finally, uh, I'm going to just be touching briefly on the whole uh, sex scandals that have been occurring in Hollywood and other important places, you know, just like giving my take on that. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so firstly, we go to Zimbabwe. Now, uh, if you, if uh, for those who have been listening since week one, uh, if you recall, my first ever topic was age limit on politicians, you know, and when we discussed that topic, I think my guest uh, that week constantly um, pointed to the fact that Mugabe was one of the main people who he had a problem with, you know, being in charge for so long. And uh, funny enough, last week, um, it, last week clearly the Zimbabwean people finally also had enough. Uh, just to give you some quick insight, um, there was a coup last week in Zimbabwe where um, Robert Mugabe had been in charge for 37 years since the yeah he so he was robert mugabe was one of the leaders who helped kick out the british um during about during um that time period and so since then he has been in charge however you know as these dictators go they never want to leave power and so it's naturally expected that mugabe was going to try his best to stay in charge as long as possible now first things first what pisses me off is this right robert mugabe is a greedy asshole the man was 93 years old 93 years old people. I mean, come on. What kind of, like, how sting, how greedy must you be to want to hold on to power so long that even at the age of 93, when you're meant to be, like, you know, not even get your retirement plan, you're meant to be 
you know, preparing to leave this world. You're meant to be giving off everything to the younger generation and so on. How are you still clinging on to power? There's there's a reason why this man has been clinging on to power this much. And that reason is in the form of his wife, Grace Mugabe. Now, after the events of last week, I don't think their marriage is going to be the strongest anymore. But, you know, the situation all started from when um, Robert Mugabe tried to... He tried to fire his head, um, the vice president. Well, he did. He did fire the vice president. Um, Robert Mugabe was the leader of the ZANU-PF party, um, which was the ruling party in Zimbabwe. And his vice president, who was one of you know, who was a close ally of his for so many years, got fired last week. And the rumors were that it was because Mugabe was trying to get to pave the way for his wife, Grace Mugabe, to get in. And almost, you know, keep up, keep keep hold of power in one of those dynasty type of ways, but the people weren't having it because, like, you know, fuck that. Why you just no? After all, after thirty seven years of one guy, then you're going to let his wife just wake up one morning and be like, you know what? I'm in charge of you now. That is ridiculous. Like, there have been so many reports about corruption around the world, you know, from Asian countries to African countries to European countries, but one of the places where this corruption has hit the most has to be Zimbabwe. Hands down, like years ago, I remember we used to make jokes about, you know, obviously friends. We make jokes to my like my Zimbabwean friends, like how little the currency was worth. But you know, you get older and you realize that jokes aside, this shit is actually fucked up. They they were dealing with inflation on such a scale that the world had like had never seen before. And for somebody to not have a heart to be like, you know what, maybe it's time, maybe it's time I leave and stop letting these people suffer. And instead, you want to continue the dynasty. That is something I just cannot, uh, you know, I can't respect. Like, fair enough, Mugabe had his day in the 70s where he was the one who helped his people kick out the, you know, the white the white man from Zimbabwe. As dictators usually go, they always eventually get to a point where they get too paranoid of the people around them. Ask him, um, ask Idi Amin, ask uh, Gaddafi. They get paranoid about the people around them. They don't want to see, they don't want to give power to the people they want to fatten their pockets because they're worried that one day it might not be there anymore. And yeah, that's exactly what he did. Like, I could tell you for a fact, if you check, I know it sounds like, oh, there was a coup. This was this was the, one of the most jokey coups I've ever heard in my life. Like, not jokey in the sense that what the people were standing for wasn't strong, but in the sense that this guy is 93 years old. The next day he was out giving a speech to the people like, yo, I'm cool. Just... Uh, I think today or yesterday he announced his resignation and everybody was so happy. This man has gotten away with most of the money of Zimbabwe. Most of Zimbabwe's wealth that they, that they made from different natural resources that the country is rich for. So, you know, most of this wealth has disappeared because Robert Mugabe and his wife and obviously the other people around them have been benefiting. Like, let's not pretend as though the ruling party, the ZANU-PF party, who are only now saying Mugabe was ousted for, you know, for mess, for fucking up the economy. Let's not pretend like they don't, they haven't, you know, fattened their pockets. Like, I hate when these self-righteous people try to talk this shit. Like, you know, really, 37 years he has been in charge of your party and you haven't gained anything from it? All these military men who are talking about enough was enough? The vice president himself... Emerson, uh, let me not let me try and pronounce his name properly. Uh, Emerson Mnangagwa, that's his name. He's seventy-five years old. What the hell is this seventy-five-year-old guy 
trying to do? What does he want to do? To be there for another 20 years? That caught me a break, man. What? The, the, the scale of greed in, with these dictators is appalling. It's absolutely bullshit. And I can't believe that people... I mean, to be honest, I can see why people still stand for it. People are brainwashed. People always look at the fact that in the past they did a very good job for the country. And there's this whole respect idea and culture within Africa which sips into the politics. And unfortunately, this respect culture makes for undeserving people to get, you know, to get better treatment than they would have ever deserved. But yeah, that being said, if he at least he's at least he's resigned and he's agreed to leave. Uh, but I remain uh, as happy as I am for the people of Zimbabwe. I remain cautious. I remain uh, what's the word? Cautiously optimistic, in the sense that I don't want it to go back to how it was before. Like the people are very happy. There's parades in the streets. People are very very pleased about this. I don't want the situation to go into another yet again another one where we see somebody leave power, leave power only just for the person to be replaced by a monster who is as bad if not worse than they are and then we have to wait again for another long period of time like i hope the peace remains because you know these are brothers and sisters and i hope they can finally have peace and i hope the economy can get better faster because you know like a lot of damage has been done over time but yeah shout out to the people of zimbabwe i don't know if anyone from zimbabwe listens to this now, the second one, uh, my second rant for today is uh, something that I'm not going to lie, it's quite, it hurt me. Did you know that in Libya, right this moment, there are migrants being sold as slaves? And this shit made me sad, man, because for so many years now, we've been hearing about this situation in Libya, not the slave situation, but like multiple situations where people people are displaced from their homes people are trying to come over the mediterranean sea to europe through libya and you know it's just this is a situation which has just been getting worse again and again unfortunately i'm not surprised i mean i am surprised about this slavery thing but what is the difference between slavery and trafficking which is something we have known that they've been doing for for a long time let me just give everybody to, let me give my listeners a quick breakdown um let me give you let me let me go back into the past a bit and explain to you some context about why this situation is so is so sad i'm sure everybody i'm sure people listening have heard about a man called muhammad uh, called uh, muhammad gaddafi uh gaddafi was the leader of libya uh, he was also a dictator for a couple decades just like uh, mugabe and he was leader of um libya for a quite a long time um i'm not quite sure how long he was in charge actually so i'm just going to pretend as if i know uh but yeah now in 2010 the people of libya seem to be have they seem to have they seem to have reached their limit with um, with gaddafi now gaddafi was a fucked up dictator man let me just give you some context right i watched this documentary a few years ago um about like how gaddafi created this abortion clinic on the neath uh, the the main university in triple in um in Libya. Now, basically, what this was is like Gaddafi was having sex with so many of the students in the unis, and his army generals and so on were also having sex with these students that they were getting pregnant too much at a very high rate. And because Libya was meant to be a Muslim and conservative country, to hide this atro- this bullshit, they created an abortion clinic right underneath the university. So that when girls got pregnant, they would just have to go through a secret passageway to this abortion clinic, get get rid of it. And 
at the surface, everybody was fine. Because nobody knew any better. Gaddafi was one of those leaders who would silence his critics um, in, with violence. He would always silence them with violence. He would always wage war against opposition. What opposition? Opposition weren't even allowed to breathe. Now, the reason why this is relevant is because as much as Gaddafi was a messed up guy, a lot of people would tell you, he also oversaw one of the most successful periods in Libya's history. Now, up until 2010, when Gaddafi, when um, you know the unrest in Libya started to build up uh, to like to a climax, up until then there was free healthcare for the whole country. I know, right? There was free healthcare. There was free education up to a university level for everybody in the country. People were doing quite all right. The only problem is it wasn't real freedom. So yeah, there was money. Yeah, things were going well. Gaddafi was a greedy bastard. And so he stashed so much money up, in gold especially. Like he had ridiculous amounts of gold. In 2011, um, backed by, uh, mainly by France and Britain, NATO and, its, uh, NATO and its allied forces started to help um, rebel groups in Libya fight against, against Gaddafi's government. Now you might say, okay, this is this sounds like a good thing. Okay, well, it's not that bad. Um, it's it's good thing for the West to come in and get. Nah, it's never that. It's never that easy. And I'll tell you why it's never that easy, right? Okay, so fast forward to 2011. Gaddafi's killed. Everybody's happy. But the problem was, the Amer America and these NATO allied forces didn't plan for the aftermath. And now, according to my research, there were a lot of rival groups in Libya. And the only thing which held them together was their hatred for Gaddafi. Yeah. So imagine that the whole, the only reason people were at peace-ish was literally because, you know, the enemy of my, what was that saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. So everybody was just each other's friends, literally because they had the mutual enemy. As soon as Gaddafi died, there were up to 1,700 groups, 1,700 groups of rebels, which came out from different parts of Libya. Now imagine this: we were in a, they're in a country where weapons tell weapons decide who is who who has the real power. The government was quite useless, to be honest, and nobody was nobody was willing to agree with each other, and so they just kept fighting. Now they tried to set up. Um, right now, Libya has three different governments, right? So they're stuck in a situation where there's a government which is backed by the UN, by the United Nations, but nobody seems to respect them. And they have an ultra-Islamist government, which no, which is ruling certain parts of the country. And then they have an anti-Islamist government, which is in the east of the country. So that already sounds like a mirad of like messed up, you know, situations, confusion. But to talk to to worsen everything, they all have weapons. But let's fast forward to six years later, to 2017, right? Due to the lawlessness that was caused by this, uh, by the fall of Gaddafi, without any preparation. For the future guess what happened lawlessness became the order of the day now basically let me just get to the slavery part real quick so imagine all these groups living like in pre like in post-soviet union russia free for all you could do anything you want of course they're going to start looking for ways to make money there have been reports of isis fighters in libya training because who's going to stop them who's going to snitch on them to the americans or the russians they have always there's also been high level of reports of slave of um human trafficking where what happens is right a lot of the time 
there are human beings for especially from west african countries who go to libya because libya is like the easiest place to get to europe from uh for this migrants they're currently like 19 to 21,000 migrants uh this is an estimate based on what the information I, I gathered these people are put in the most fucked up inhumane conditions they 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 they're not fed imagine this picture this they actually left in cages in the 21st century now i got this quote um from the guardian i'll just read it to you quickly there were thousands of emaciated and traumatized men women and children piled on top of each other locked up in hangars with no access to the most basic necessities now this is a quote from uh, an eyewitness who was in one of the camps there have been a lot of stories of the women and children of the women being raped and abused by both guards who are meant to be by both coastal guards and these traffickers these people promise these africans they promise them a better life they promise them a better future they say oh we're going to get you a nice job somewhere they take a hold of them with them and then they start to auction them as slaves being bought for as little as $400 $400 that is less than that is less than we pay some of us are paying for the, like a couple generations back iPhones that's what human life apparently is worth and this shit pisses me off so much right because if the situation in Libya didn't escalate as much as it did in 2011, perhaps this wouldn't be this fucked up. Like Barack Obama said, the biggest, the single biggest regret of his presidency was failing to have a proper plan for the future of Libya after Gaddafi was taken down. Because you see, Gaddafi was so, Gaddafi was so scary and he was so powerful that it took a whole country to bring him down but once he was brought down nobody knew what to do these people haven't been trained on democracy like the west has like other countries in africa or asia have this this is a country where they were doing so well they didn't realize how they were doing well so they're just like fuck it and then you bring them down you bring the, the leader down with no good re- with no good re- um, replacement for the leader of course things are going to be messed up and they've been warning us for this for a long time, but nobody listens until we see a video of you of men being like, come on, people watched the film Get Out and you saw the auction of the slaves. It, it was a bit funny to some people, it was horrific to others because it was like, fuck, this is a weird concept. It's happening. The outrage should be more. These people are human beings. They have nobody has any right to lock another human being up against their will, sell them as forced sex slaves, sell them as anything of that sort. This shit should have been left 400, 300 years ago with all the sins of the past. I remember I, I read through this article, and um, you know, you know how the West always are when they get involved in Asia or Africa. You know how they always are. They come in gassed as hell, like oh. Like Cameron said, oh, your city was an inspiration to the world as you threw off a dictator and chose freedom. This is what he said in 2011, after Gaddafi was toppled. What freedom? Because at the end of the day, the people who are meant to be the freedom fighters are the exact ones who are fucking up everything for the people now. And now we've got to a point where you can ask the government to go and stop the slave trade because the government doesn't even have power. So who's the government going to talk to? The international community have to do more. Like, I think there are like 19,000 migrants in Libya right now. I said 19 to 21,000. I think the world can do more. If you show some more outrage about this kind of shit and explain, and if if you go online, tweet, Facebook, Instagram, 
anything you can do. Hit up your government officials and let them know that this is not okay. African countries can take some of these people. European countries can take some of these people. They're not even near to the amount of people who ran away from Syria. So how dare we like sit as a world and hope that these things don't happen when they're happening in our backyards and we can't do shit about it? Come on, we need to fix up. But finally, this is the um, this is the one I might. I hope it doesn't get me in any trouble. But yeah, the final point that I've had in my mind for a few weeks now, I just felt like I needed to rant about is uh, this whole situation with the sex scandals. Uh, not the sex scandals. This whole situation with um, sexual assault in in Hollywood and in higher places. Now let me just let me just tell you this, right? First thing I think, first thing that comes to mind when I think of these sex scandals and allegations is no shit. We have been speculating about these for for how long? Like, uh, how many people know someone else who you've had conversations with in the past? You're like, yeah, I think something is probably happening, but it's always like a not a joke really, but it's always like we say it because we know the way these industries and systems are set up. The truth is never meant to come out to the general public. We know we're never meant to be aware of what's actually happening. But we knew something was going on. We knew something was wrong. And I think it's about goddamn time. It's about time somebody spoke up about this. It's about time these women got a voice. For so long, people have been like, you know, people ask the stupid people ask that question. Okay, why didn't they come out sooner? I'll tell you why they didn't come out sooner. They didn't come out sooner. Maybe they didn't come out sooner because. The people who are responsible for their careers and everything they they do to feed their families and um and advance their their futures. Maybe those people just maybe those people are so powerful that they think they they were so scared that if they came out they would lose everything that they've ever worked for. Imagine this, right? You're a young artist, maybe let's say 16, 17. You've left home and you've gone to you've moved to the big city where you hope to find your future dreams and aspirations fulfilled right you've been working your ass off working all those horrible jobs sleeping from couch to couch hoping that one day your talent will be will be will be seen right now finally you get offered a casting you show up to this casting and you're like oh, okay good at least finally I'm going to get a chance to show these people how talented I am just for a dickhead director at the end of the casting to be like, okay, you're perfect for the role. You know, build your confidence to a level where you feel like this is it. There's no turning back. And then they tell you, by the way, I think to, there's a lot of people who have been running for this role. I think to cement your place in this role, you have to have sex with me. A lot of people on the surface, just like, oh, I don't understand. Just say no and walk away. There are more opportunities. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. Anybody who has ever gone for something in their lives, anybody who's ever worked hard in their lives for something knows damn well that it's not that simple to just drop everything and walk away. That's it's just not. So when people get coerced under such conditions, when people get sexually assaulted under such conditions, which I'm sure is what happens a lot of the time, how the hell are you expecting these people to come out and start shouting and speaking? Nobody even knows you. Imagine being like an A-list celebrity now, thinking back to where nobody gave a single fuck about your existence. How are you going to come out and start telling everybody like Kevin Spacey or Harvey Weinstein or one of these fucked up guys is touching you? How are you going to do that? Of course, you're going to fear that your family is not going to eat. People are going to scare you. People are going to send threats to you and say you're a bad person. Come on. I saw a story the other day said Harvey Weinstein apparently had um, enlisted the help of certain Mossad agents. Now, this is all speculation, of course, but doesn't change the fact that it's, it was a story in a 
in, on the BBC. It said Harvey Weinstein had solicited the help of ex-Mossad agents, that's Israel Secret Service, to spy on some of the victims of his alleged sexual assault. Now, imagine hearing that news. What in your right mind would make you... Now it's not even just based on your job being lost anymore. The fear is not just your job anymore. Now you actually have to be scared that your life could be at risk. Imagine having to deal with that as a human being. I'm so glad these people are speaking up. I'm so glad they're speaking up. And, you know, I think like people like Terry Crews, Anthony Rapp, who was only 14 when he, when he claims Kevin Spacey abused him, uh, people like um, actresses like Ashley Judd, I think it's amazing and impressive what they're doing because they're starting such a, they're starting to get people to understand that it's not every time these powerful pricks must win. Sometimes these little people can win as well. Sometimes the people who don't have as much power can win. They say with great power comes great responsibility. It's clear that these men don't take their, responsible, their responsibility seriously. I think it's time for society as a group of people to stand up and say enough is enough, you know? What is the best way they can get hit? I think the best way, I think the best way to punish these people is with their pockets. Because it's clear that Harvey Weinstein is not going to prison anytime soon. Kevin Spacey is not going to prison anytime soon. All these big names, they keep coming out every single day. No one is getting in real trouble. So the only way we can clearly fuck with, like hit them, is in their pockets. The only way we can clearly punish them is by boycotting their films, making sure that companies fire them whenever these allegations come out and are seen to be and are proven to be true. My next point will be, but as usual, there's always two sides to every story. As much as we are eager as a society to punish these people as they rightfully should be punished for the things they've done, let's not forget that not every single story is true. Let's not forget that a lot of stories end up being proven false. Being tried in a court of opinion, of public opinion, isn't the same as being tried in a court of law. Let's not forget that not, for example, Carl Sergeant, Sergeant, I think that's how you say it, the um, Labour MP for Wales, he 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 was uh, he committed suicide a few weeks ago because a string of um, allegations they're coming out against him. But the problem was he didn't even know what the allegations were. Nobody told him what he was being accused of. All they told him was he was a sexual predator and his career was going to be over. And he killed himself. Now, if the story comes out, if it turns out that he actually was innocent, everybody feels like shit. You know, there are two sides to every story except when Bill Cosby is involved. Then there are 37 sides to the story. His side and the side of the 36 victims who he has allegedly assaulted. I make that joke because Bill Cosby let me down. Kevin Spacey let me down. A lot of these men, they have let so many people down, right? How are fans meant to react when you find out that somebody you looked up to all your life, somebody who was like a hero, an icon to you, turns out to be a fucked up human being, you know? Like, what, what do we, like, it just messes up your mental, it messes up your mental state. Because it's like, American Beauty, for example, is one of the best films ever made, in my opinion. But Kevin Spacey is not the only person involved in that film. There was a director who directed the film. There was a writer who wrote the film, who wrote the script. There were actresses and actors who participated in that film. Now, the question which, which confuses me is, are we meant to all... Everybody involved, everybody who's ever been inspired by these works of art, are we meant to all um, stop watching them? Are we meant to all suddenly 
take away credit from so many important people who have worked hard on something just because one of the dickheads involved in the project happened to be a sexual offender. Like, these men don't think beyond their penises when they do these stupid acts. Like, I just don't know what I'll do if, I, for example, I wake up tomorrow morning and Denzel Washington is being accused of something, you know? Like, what, what do you do then? Like, come on. With great power comes great responsibility. But yeah, um, I'm guessing this this I'm guessing it's been all over the place this episode because I just literally pressed play and kept recording. Um, if I sound bad or anything, I'm sorry. I'm a bit disorientated. I'm still a bit ill. But thank you for listening. This has been a rant. Um, by Noah Deoye. Peace out. Our inner voices. Our inner voices.